Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on Transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now, for our podcast teaching. We all love great customer service, don't we? I mean, when you go up to a service desk and somebody is really just acting terrible to you, typically you want to speak to the manager after, don't you? Come on, you've all been one of those Karens on, on uh, the TV that has been recorded for, you know, acting up. The, the truth is, we don't like terrible customer service. We like great customer service, don't we? We like service with a smile. And really, the person that is, is working customer service, that's their job, to provide customer service in the best means possible. But let's just be honest. When the person throws in extras, that's when we get happy, right? Like when the waitress comes and she's like, hey, I know that you ordered that cheesecake, but I didn't put it on the bill. It's on the house. Oh, man, that is when we get happy, isn't it? When you order something on Amazon or on eBay or whatever the latest, you know, ordering online thing is right now, and you open up the package and there's some extras, oh man, you are ecstatic. It doesn't matter if they're made in Thailand, you are happy. (laughs) That's when we go ahead and we leave those five stars, right? It's like, man, the service was awesome, I highly recommend. Why? Because they just made your day. Because when we get what we don't expect, that's when it really goes beyond service, right? When we go ahead and we pay for something, we're expecting the service that we paid for, or that's required, But when we get extra, it's more meaningful, isn't it? Because that's when a satisfaction beyond satisfaction takes place. But why does it matter to us? Because we really do want what we paid for, right? We want what is required, but it's a blessing to get extra. And really, if we really come down and think about it, it's a biblical understanding of why we get excited. And today, we're calling the sermon, Go the Extra Mile. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 5 with me today. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 38 and read down to 42, and then we're going to dissect it today. Starting verse 38 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this, You have heard it said that... It was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. 
And here he's quoting Exodus chapter 21, Leviticus chapter 24, and Deuteronomy 19. So he's bringing to remembrance to the disciples what the books of the law says. He goes on and he says in verse 39, But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anybody wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. So the law says, and that's what Jesus is saying here, it's a direct quote in verse 39 but from Leviticus 24, 17 through 20. We'll get into that in a second. Jesus is quoting the scriptures to his disciples. He's saying, hey, look, you've heard this said by Moses, inspired by God. That an eye for an eye is how you are to deal in life. In other words, he's saying, this is the law of even Stephen. You ever remember that saying, even Stephen? It's literally, okay, I traded you this and I traded you for this. Or, you know what, you owe me this because I gave you this. I owe you three apples, so I give you three apples. It's the law of, you killed my donkey, so you owe me a donkey. I don't know why people have lots of donkeys back then, but they did. And that was the law of even Stevens in Leviticus chapter 24. In fact, let's just go ahead and go there because it's important that we see it. Leviticus chapter 24, verses 17 down to 23. Leviticus 24, 17 to 23. It says, if anyone takes the life of any human being, he shall surely be put to death. The one who takes the life of an animal shall make it good life for life. So, listen, if, if you kill someone, you owe your life. If you kill their animal, you owe them an animal. That's what it's saying. If any man injures his neighbor, just as he is done, so it shall be done to him. A fracture for a fracture, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Just as he has injured a man, so shall he have it inflicted upon him. Thus the one who kills an animal shall make it good, but the one who kills a man shall be put to death. There shall be one standard for you, and it shall be the, for the stranger as well as the native, for I am the Lord your God. And then Moses spoke the words to the sons of Israel, and they brought the one who had cursed outside the camp and stoned him with stones. Thus the sons of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So basically, this is just a law stating even Stephen. If something takes place that is unkosher, you kill somebody's animal, you owe them an animal. You run over their dog, man, you owe them a dog. That's what this is talking about. This passage is all about fairness. If you accidentally kill somebody's ox, you owe them an ox. If you're dealing with people in town, you're to deal fairly, trade fairly, give fairly. Deal the same way you would 
with the people that are native. Did you notice that portion? The people that are native as you would a foreigner. And the foreigners are to be treated the same way you would deal with a native. God was saying people shouldn't have to sue one another for fairness. My people shall be known that this is the way they should live. You should get what is due to you, whether you're Jew or Greek. Living in the land or as a foreigner. Why was this such an important law? Because in other lands, foreigners were abused. Foreigners were seen as second-class citizens, and they were taken advantage of. But not in the land of Yahweh. In the land of Israel, everyone was seen to have the same rules, the same type of system. If somebody came in and they didn't speak the same language of you, you were not allowed to take advantage of them. And that was according to God's law. He's saying, listen, you don't take out different measurements for somebody that's from Babylon. You deal the same as you would as if they were an Israelite. But Jesus takes this even further. He says, hey, listen, I want it to go beyond an eye for an eye. And I want it to go beyond a tooth for a tooth. I want it to go beyond you killed my ox, I owe you an ox. I want this to be service with a smile. And the idea of doing right, I want it taken further than just killing an ox, give an ox. I want it to be further than you, you kill somebody, you lose a life. I want it further than any of that stuff of Jews versus Gentiles being dealt with the same way. Jesus says, go the extra mile. Give the extra clothing and turn the other cheek. When he says, if somebody forces you to go a mile, he uses the word angorea. And in the Greek, that literally means if somebody forces you into servitude. If somebody forces you to go a mile in servitude, you are to go the extra mile. And what Jesus was talking about was life under the governance of the Romans. Under Roman rule, someone who was born in Rome or, or a property of Rome, so like a Philippi or one of the islands outside of Rome, if they were born in one of those islands, they were considered a Roman citizen. But for the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, their citizenship and their claim was Israel. And they said that God was their king, not Caesar. And that Jerusalem was their capital. And so this bothered the Roman people, and so they allowed them to make the distinction amongst themselves as not being Roman. You're not going to worship our gods. You're going to worship this God called Yahweh. You don't want to call Caesar your, your king. You want to call this Yahweh your king? Okay, fine. You have it your way, but you are not a citizen of Rome. And therefore, you have no rights in Rome. And guess what? Jerusalem was a property of Rome. Because of this, Jews were not treated equally. That's why in Acts chapter 16, we see this in Acts chapter 16, verses 22 to 24, 
when the Roman judges see uh, Silas and Paul, and they go ahead and they beat them. And when they found out that they were Roman citizens and that Paul actually claimed his Roman citizenship rather than reject it, they freaked out. They freaked out because by law, every Roman citizen was allowed to be uh, to stand trial. You could not discipline a Roman citizen without putting them on trial first. You couldn't take advantage of them as an officiant. So when Paul sees the magistrates and the magistrates are trying to send them away and trying to keep everything private, they said, hey, look, you, you stayed in jail after this earthquake and you had the opportunity to leave and so we're freeing you. You, you. Good behavior. You guys can just go. Silas and Paul. Paul says, no. You guys beat us in front of everybody. You flogged us. You took off our clothes and you flogged us in the streets. And as Roman citizens, you did not give us a trial. So you need to walk us out of here in front of everybody. Because we're not going to be set out by night. And so as soon as the magistrates heard this, they freaked out. Because it was seen as a humiliation. And in Roman law, if you did that, those magistrates were subject to exactly what they did to Paul and Silas. And so that's what's taking place here. Is Jesus is talking about this Roman law. Because under Roman treatment, if you're a foreigner, you could be dealt with differently. You could be double taxed because now you're a foreigner. You could be taken advantage of because you're a foreigner. The rules didn't cover you because you're a foreigner. Laws didn't cover you because you're a foreigner. And Roman soldiers took advantage of this and they did what is called forced labor of these Jewish citizens because they were not citizens. And it would make them carry 60-pound backpacks. They would have to, they would take off their, their backpacks that were, you know, packed just tight full of everything they were going to need from moving town to town. And these were these huge 60-pound bags, and they would put them on the backs of the, of the Jewish people. And they would say, you carry my bag for me. And if the, if the Jewish person argued about it, they would be beaten right there because they were allowed to do that. Under Roman law, they were allowed to beat a Jewish person that disagreed with the law of forced labor. And it went beyond that. The law also stated that they could walk up to your house and say, you have a donkey, I want your donkey to carry my stuff. You have an ox and I have a field that I have to prepare. You need to get that ox ready for me to go ahead and use it. And they could use anything that the Jewish people had because they were not Roman citizens. But there was also laws that guided this. So the centurions had to force this law to make sure the soldiers didn't take advantage. And the law stated that if the ox that was uh, to work was already tethered, that they could not use it because it had already worked its, its day. So you could not use that ox. Now, if a person was uh, working and you saw them and you said, I want you to come work for me, you were allowed to make them dig a ditch, but you could only make them dig the ditch for half a day. They couldn't have to work the entire day because now that person has already worked and you have to let them have some time off. The other thing is that you could make somebody carry your backpack, that 60 pound bag on your back as a Roman soldier, but only for one mile. So when Jesus is saying here, 
If somebody comes in servitude and says to you, walk a mile, and you have to carry that load for them for one mile, he says, I want you to take it beyond the mile and take it another mile. Jesus said, if you're required to drop all and carry a backpack for a mile, service with a smile says, take it another mile. Give that guy two. Why would Jesus say that? Well, number one, this is a complete conflict of who they wanted Jesus to be, isn't it? Because they wanted Jesus to come in as the Messiah. Remember, these men knew that he was the Messiah. Andrew, as soon as he saw Jesus, he ran up to his brother Peter and he said, we have found the Messiah. Philip, when he was hiding off by the trees, by the figs, Jesus saw him and he said, hey, look, a... a, a a Nazarene, Bob Nazarene, I mean, he just declares all these things of him and he says, man, you have to be the Messiah because no one would know these things. So they knew he was the Messiah. They claimed him as Messiah. And they wanted the Messiah to take them out of Roman rule. Take us out of the Roman rule. Sit on the throne of David. Be the conquering hero we all want you to be, Jesus. But what is Jesus saying? If a Roman soldier who's over you and occupying Jerusalem comes up to you and forces you into labor, give him more than he asked for. He's turning on the head the idea of what they want him to do. Jesus, we want you to conquer Rome. You know what? If the Romans make you serve them, serve them beyond the service they require. Why? Because Jesus is taking this idea of the Levitical law of fairness and this idea of Roman law of we can force any foreigner to do what we want them to do. And he's saying, okay, but what I want you to do is the salt of the earth and as the light of the world is represent me beyond all representation." To show people that you are not governed by their laws. But a law of love, go the extra mile. Whoever forces you, let's take a look back at it again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you. And do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Jesus is saying, okay, give what's required of you. Give what's required of you. But give more with blessing. I do what the law requires because that's fair. That's the law of fairness. And I do what Rome requires of me because that's me carrying the burden. And if I don't carry that burden, you know what's going to happen is I'm going to get beaten. But then I go farther because I represent Christ. 
You see, there's obligation. Jesus is saying, hey, look, you're obligated under law that governs you. That if you kill somebody's ox, you owe them an ox. And you're obligated under Romans. That if they say, I want you to do this, even if it seems unfair, you have to do it. But I want you to take that obligation and I want you to turn it into an opportunity. An opportunity to show the love of Jesus Christ. Do you see what's taking place here, brothers and sisters? He's saying, look, you were required to do that, but as you're going down the road and the Roman says, okay, i got to let you go, go ahead and give me back my bag, and you keep on walking, now he's going to say to you, why are you doing this? Because of the life, love of Christ that compels me to love you. Because of the grace that was poured out into my life, I want to tell you about this person named Jesus. You see, what happens when you operate this way is the extra becomes an opportunity. That service with a smile that's taken the extra mile becomes an opportunity to share Jesus with the people that you're trying to reach. You see, obeying the law just means that you don't get punished, right? Now, I'm not telling everybody in a 50 to drive 40 because that's going the extra mile. No, you're just going to frustrate people and they're going to drive by and give you the Miami you know, wave. <laughs> you see, obeying the law just means that you don't get punished. I don't want God to be mad at me, so I'm going to obey the law. And I don't want Rome to be mad at me, so I carry this bag. But when you go the extra mile is when the question comes up of why. Why are you doing this? Why did you go the extra mile carrying such a heavy burden? Why did you call me when you didn't have to? Why did you follow up when you, there was no need to follow up? Why did you give me extra? Why in my moment of pain are you coming alongside of me when I was the one speaking bad at you at work? Why did you go and bother to, to come to my mom's funeral even though we have been sworn enemies at work and I basically was the one that helped get you demoted? Why are you doing this? Do you see the opportunities that take place in going beyond? And why Jesus would say, turn the other cheek? Romans chapter 13, Paul explains this in such a beautiful light. Romans chapter 13. Looking at verses 8 through 10. And remember, Paul is coming from the stance of a Pharisee converted to Christianity. And so when he starts to speak, he's speaking of all these concepts that Jesus has already been teaching us in. And he's showing us in the light of the Christian lens how we can live this out. Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10, he says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. When you love someone, you have fulfilled the law. For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder. 
You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in the saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. It's in the extra mile, in turning the other cheek when you've already hurt me, in giving my undershirt even when you have my overshirt and jacket. It's in giving the extra mile that we show Jesus is the difference in our life. I have to do this, but I don't have to do that. Owe nothing to anyone but love. That's the application of go the extra mile, turn the cheek. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Jesus, it's Peter writing here says this. 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage wars against your soul. He's saying, listen, I want you to live differently than everyone else as a foreigner and a stranger. Why? He doesn't want us to get comfortable here on this earth. He wants us to keep focused on our heavenly abode. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Peter saying, let people see Christ in you. So when you go the extra mile, they look at you and maybe they ridicule you. Why is he doing that? What a bonehead. He didn't have to do that. Look at how I took advantage of him. But now when they understand who Jesus Christ is, it's just made all the difference in their life. Now then they understand what grace is. They see the love that you are pouring out. Not because you had to. Not because you're obliged to. Or obligated to. But because the opportunity was there to love. Because love is an action. Your extra gives you opportunity. And we can see this knowing full well that even if people are taking advantage of us when we're going above and beyond, even if our kindness is being crushed, even if our care is being disregarded, we did it not for them, but for the Lord. We did it not for them, but because the love of Christ is in us and growing in us. Because grace overflows that's what it means to have grace upon grace or be abounding in grace. That it just pours out of our life. 
When John says in 1 John that we love God because He first loved us, and that's basically what compels us to love, it's, it's literally love flowing out of us because Jesus loves us so much He died to show it. And because of that, we act. Because of that, we live. Not because we have to, but because we're so full of love and grace. Because we're so in love with Jesus, we want to walk like Him. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. It says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily. Heartily. Literally meaning give it your all. Emotionally, physically, mentally, be devoted to what you're doing. Because you're doing it as for the Lord rather than for men. So when you're walking that extra mile, every extra step is for Jesus Christ. When you're turning the other cheek, you're turning that cheek for Jesus. When you're taking off your jacket, that's for the person who asked for it. But when you take off your undershirt as well, that's for Jesus Christ. Verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you, say it with me, serve. So yes, Roman law says that they can go ahead and obligate you to carry their bags. But the law of love says... If I want opportunity to share Christ with you, I go the extra mile. You see, the beauty of being a follower, the comfort we find in discipleship, is that we're doing everything not for people, but for Him. We're doing everything for His kingdom and His righteousness, is what Jesus told us in Matthew 6.33. And no matter the outcome, whether it's accepted or rejected, whether people say, hey, you know what, tell me about this Jesus, or they say, you know what, you're foolish and I just took advantage of you. We're doing it for Jesus and not for them. And He honors our efforts. John 13, Jesus said, the world will know that you are my followers by your love. He says in John 13, 35, listen, a new commandment I give to you that you would love one another as I have loved you. And everyone will know that you are my followers, that you have learned from me. He says, and he designates the word disciple. Literally, that you have sat at my feet, and I, your rabbi, teaching you as a learner. People will know that you're my disciple, know that you follow me by your love.
Because love compels us to go above and beyond, to go the extra mile. Church, I want to ask you, where in your life do you need to go the extra mile? Who right now is requiring you, as frustrated as you're getting, to turn the other cheek? Who right now do you know needs the shirt off your back, but you need to also go ahead and give them your undershirt as well? Who do you work for that, yes, is requiring you to carry that bag, but you need to go ahead and take it an extra mile. You see, we all live as salt and light of this world. And the only way to spread that out is not through what we're compelled to do, but through the extra. And the fact that we're willing not to be taken advantage of, but to do our work as unto the Lord. And that's applicable to our work, to our home life, to our friendships, to just basically everyday interactions, isn't it? Ask yourself, where do I need to go? the extra mile. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.